Hey everyone, it's Joel, your favorite United We Nerd co-host, I hope. Anyway, just a little intro message for y'all. Uh, this particular recording was difficult to deal with, had some issues with internet, editing, voiceover, stuff like that. So this episode's a little choppy, a little hard to listen to, but if you can make it through it, awesome. Really appreciate you still listening if you do so. I just want to say thank you again for listening. Have a good one. anymore not like it used to be yeah man i could almost almost match the darkness <laughs> as far as that i know almost <laughs> oh, i don't know 12 years ago now recording that is a thing of the past now yeah you know you just the older you get the more you want to do things that you did when you're a kid but then by doing so you just realize how older you feel Mm-hmm. As the old man in the room, let me welcome everyone here tonight to the United We Nerd podcast. It is I, Joel, with me, our illustrious leader, Brian. Brian, say hi. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> and all of us. Uh, it's it's hump day. Mm-hmm. It's a special day, too. So if everyone's a little slow today, that, that's a-okay. It's all Just right. take your time, have a good time, talk about Yo. stuff we like. Sorry, I took a long sip there. <laughs> Just awkward pause. Just, you know. Pause for to, hydration. To, yeah. Pause, go to some Shatner territory. We will talk about Eventually. some nerdy things. But first, let us talk about what you've been up to. Ryan, what have you been up to? You know, I I bet you there's going to be at least a few people that think that their odd player is fucked up right now. <laughs> oh, I have to listen to the playback on up. this one. <laughs> right. Um, like the old Xbox days. Yeah. Um, as far as my week, uh, it's been a little interesting. Um, I started streaming uh, WW2K22. Mm-hmm. more recently which has been really fun um it has been yeah you've been there a little bit um the funniest thing is that i didn't know how much i could have fun with a video game on stream that i don't play <laughs> so basically for the uninformed ww2k22 is pretty much a kind of well, it's not kind of it is a wrestling game um, but you are able to have the computer play against itself. And so what I decided to do is that using that feature and then plus Twitch has a kind of a, 
it's not so it's like well, it's kind of betting but you bet with channel points it's like a prediction and so what i started doing was a little show called Red bets so basically i'd create a tournament with a theme and then the viewers would get to uh wager channel points on what they who they'll think will win in the computer generated fight and it's been really fun mm-hmm. um last week as of this recording um i did a whole tekken themed tournament which was really fun and i like downloaded a bunch of uh, uh custom characters off of uh online which was nice well there's a lot there's there's people that make a lot of really good characters like they take full advantage of that creation suite and it's it's somewhat amazing um but yeah did that been having a lot of fun we'll probably be doing that more in the future and of course you could watch that on twitch.tv for slash brian saber shameless plug hell yeah <laughs> it's fun um it's like it's almost akin to like watching the real thing and the new feature twitch has where you could like vote see who will win at the end and get channel points is a nice touch so i'm glad they added that it is a nice touch um a wrestling podcast i listen to a lot, uh going in raw whenever there's a pay-per-view on they do like a a watch along and they'll have they'll do the kind of the same thing where they'll have the matchup and then they'll let let viewers um bet on who they'll think will win and i was like oh what if i do that with a video game you know and I'm pretty sure people have probably done it before, but fuck it, I'm doing it now. <laughs> but yeah, oh, yeah. It, it's been really fun, and I'll, I I've been enjoying it a lot, and I know that the other people have been enjoying it, so I'll be I'll be doing that a lot more, and it'll be fun. Besides that, I've been slowly making my way through um, Kirby and the Forgotten Lands, nice. and it has been very fun. I I highly suggest to anyone that is. A Kirby fan that hasn't played it yet should go play it. Even to someone that's not like a Kirby fan, I would I would suggest going to play. Like if if you're in need of a not easy game, but a game that like feels like there's mistakes involved, because like Kirby games is a is like a very interesting thing because it's it's very much like a it looks like a kids game because for the majority it is kind of a kids game. But there are some very hidden, like, challenging, like, missions and game modes that are hidden within Kirby, like, most Kirby games. So if you if you keep digging in, like, you'll find a lot of good content. But yeah, uh, first ever fully 3D world, like, Kirby game. Like, there's, like, Kirby's technically been in, like, 3D for a while, but it's, it's been, like, one of those, like, 2.5D kind of games. So this is like the first Kirby game that's actually fully in like a it's kind of like the Super Mario 3D uh world of Kirby games. Nice. But yeah, I've been enjoying that. Haven't beaten it yet, but I'm I'm playing through it slowly just cuz there's so many other games uh being played right now. What else? Oh, this is some this isn't something I I did, but have you heard anything about the news that we are going to be getting another Star Wars game. Yeah, I saw uh, you shared, I think, on Twitter, or is it maybe on Facebook, that uh, they possibly might be uh, putting together 1313 or some semblance of it. So basically, according to you know news sites and shit, Amy Henning, who 
if you don't know, she is the creator of uh, Uncharted. And a long time ago, she was heading the development for for Star Wars thirteen thirteen that got canceled. So just yesterday, um, it was announced that her and her studio, uh, Skydance uh, New Media, are making a Star Wars game. Now, there's a good majority of people that are hoping this means that 1313 is coming back from the grave, or it could possibly be a completely brand new game. But I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that... 1313 is gonna or at least some form of 1313 is gonna be brought back it seemed like a cool interesting idea you know kind of the underworld of Coruscant and you get to deal more of like a the bounty hunter side like the scum and villainy I'm all for it let's do it right now if it wasn't that though I want to ask you this what game would you want to see from someone who is credited with the Uncharted series um, I guess something similar to Fallen Order. I feel like that was already pretty cinematic, and you know, Uncharted is known for being completely and very immersive and cinematic. So something similar, if not as good as that. Um, but as far as universe stuff goes, I would love to see uh, probably something from the High Republic since they're teasing us with it. Let's let's go into a new universe, a new time. I'm ready. Okay. By you. Uh, I know this is a stretch, but it would kind of go on theme. But what if we were able to get a maybe a newer um, uh, Dark Empire series? Mm. Bring back Dash Rendar. <laughs> <laughs> put put him in, put him into new generation. Yeah, guest starring Kyle Katarn too. Just hey, bring all not? the Legends Fuck people it. back. Fuck it, let's Fuck do it. it. I mean, because if you think about it, like if if you were to slap in like the the Uncharted gameplay. And throw those characters in. I think they would fit perfectly with that kind of style. You know, it's it has a little bit of that action adventure. You get a little bit of shooting going on, and then you have you know uh, puzzles and whatnot. It'd be a Star Wars Uncharted game, but with Dash Rendar. Dashers, Dashers. Yeah, yeah, that'll be cool. And we can go into more new stuff in a bit. But I know you haven't done. Should we talk about it? <laughs> I was wondering when we would address this. Um, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I've, I've already given it adjectives before. Um, this conglomeration of of Jabba the Hutt shit. Um, but I mean, if, if you want, I mean, I mean, I think that our fans would like to know a little more. But uh, <laughs> if you want, we can save for later too. If you don't, if you well, want to push about this? it off, how about this? Um, you you talk about your week, and then we can lead into that. All right. So my my week, which kind of started. With, all right. So we did see um, for those who saw on social media, we did see Morbius. Uh, we'll talk about that later, though. Um, as far as my week goes, it's been chill. I had the day, uh, day off. I mean, the week off, actually, spring break for the schools I work at. So that's kind of oh. nice. Uh, as far as something new for me or getting back into stuff, uh, there's an Ultraman show on Netflix, an animated version. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of uh, Ultraman. Grew up with the Ultraman the Great when I was growing up. Decided to check this out. Uh, season one, I just finished today and started season two because it's out now. Nice. Um, it's you know animation is very clean. Last episode of first season, so they of course first episode, second season is very clean. They just announced season three next year, so I'm I'm curious to see 
where the story goes. Uh, the story took a lot of turns more than I thought. And I remember you gave me the, the manga a long time ago. Okay. I was like, oh, this is dope. I, I, I was about to ask, is it the 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 manga adaptation? It is, yeah, okay, it is. Cool. Yeah, it's a really good it's a really good series. It's a it's a really cool Ultraman series. Yeah, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it. You know, long lifetime fan of Ultraman. It's, you know, my family likes it. I think they like it. Well, at least my dad likes it. He got a tattoo of Ultraman. I might copy him. But yeah, and then of course, further, you know, giant uh humanoid being kaiju battling action, Shin Ultraman. It's coming out in April. I mean, sorry, April. It's already April. In May in Japan. So uh, I remember, Brian, you told you asked us to go see Shin Godzilla with you a long time ago, and that was an interesting experience. And for those who don't know, Shin Godzilla is basically like what happened if Godzilla actually came to our world and all the policies that would follow and every all the actions. So that was pretty interesting. Um, I'm so curious to see what they're going to do with Shin Ultraman. So, so let me see. It's going to come out soon. I'm not too familiar with this. Now, did they specify if this was going to be to the same vein as like a Shin Godzilla, or is it kind of still in like the Ultraman-y kind of? I'm world? assuming it is because the uh, based on the trailer, it shows like the intro, you know, the first monster he ever fights, and like kind of the same setup and how he's fighting him, that monster, that kaiju. So I'm assuming it's the same, like the it's a like a new world untouched by aliens and shit, and then it'll happen and the world is going to kind of react to this new thing upon the world. That's my guess. At least I don't know who knows what, what it actually has in store. You know, Here, me, that's just based me, on the trailer. Let me look up the wiki. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's coming out in May. So hopefully they'll bring it to America. Oh, they I'm probably damn will. curious. Cause they, yeah. cause they, in America, they just released, um, it was some kind of Ultraman like box set. I forget what like specific oh, series yeah. it was. Um, but here's the here's the premise for the Shin Ultraman. Uh, Japan is constantly being invaded by giant un- unidentified life forms known as S-class species. In order to suppress the, these creatures, the Japanese government formulates the S-class species suppression patrol. As the threat of the S-class species grows, a silver giant appears from beyond the Earth's atmosphere. Shortly thereafter, analysis of Hiroko Asami and Shinji Kamagana, or, no wait, Kaminaga, are appointed as SSSP. Okay. Very short. I'm guessing it's like an intro, like, to the very beginning. It sounds like the beginning, again, the beginning of the original Ultraman series, which I enjoy as well, so. I, I'm assuming it's just like Godzilla. It's kind of like we figure out what happened oh. from there. And Oh, wait, wait. I oh, might have oh. discovered something. Hmm? I didn't look at the wiki. Uh, so let's see. So it says here that announced in February 2022, Toho Kahara Toy uh, Toy Company. And I'm gonna I'm gonna botch his name. I'm sorry, but Subaraya Productions um, yep, announced right. a collaborative project called the Shin Japan Heroes Universe for merchandise, oh, special events, and tie-ins. This project will unite properties that Anno had worked uh, on bearing the title Shin, such as a rebuild of Evangelion, Shin Godzilla, Shin Ultraman, and get the fuck, Shin Kamen Rider, which is set to release next year on its 50th anniversary. Interesting. And the poster looks fucking dope. Here, I'm gonna... 
I'm going to send you a link in the Discord because I think you would really appreciate this cover art. Oh, that's pretty dope. I see it now. Right? Yeah, that's dope. You know, on TikTok, I've recently been getting a lot of um, like Super Sentai and like Kamen Rider like transformation sequences. And it made me like, was like, damn, why the fuck didn't I watch Kamen Rider when I was a kid? This shit looks so dope and like super <laughs> extravagant. I think it was a little bit localized for us. Um, it was called something else, though. It wasn't called Common Writer. Um, yeah, it, it. I don't think it took off here. But yeah, I've seen a lot of it uh, on Reddit, too. The the Sentai stuff with that and Ultraman. They, they tie, there's been a crossover, too, of Common Writer and Ultraman. So they sometimes go hand in hand. So this would be cool, because I wonder if after like Shin Common Writer comes out, like if they're going to actually like go forward and do a... A big, huge team-up movie. Nice. Where, like, I don't know, maybe, like, Shin Godzilla, like, starts to reanimate or revolve again. And then, you know, you get Ultraman and Shin Kamen Rider. And then it's like, oh, fuck, we can't beat him. We uh, we need, um... What's the robot's name from Evangelion? Um, I forgot, too. And the robot Shinji, that's all I know. Yeah, I I know I'm gonna probably hurt my... Eva, too? My Eva... <laughs> Eva too. There we go. I think so. I'm sorry. I'm not an Evangelion fan. I know it's going to hurt my nerd credibility, but but that sounds really dope. Just been chilling this week. Otherwise, gaming, uh, you know, taking my, my voice acting class, signed up for an online improv class, so I'm oh, going to hone my skills a little more. How's that going? It's cool. Uh, one of the voice lessons uh, like, uh, was, I, the one I watched today is with Will Friedle. Ooh, it was um, okay. the voice of Terry McGinnis in Batman Beyond. He's also in Boy Meets World. He's Ron Stoppable, so that was really interesting. And the guy who does the voice for, um, this is an old lesson, by the way, for uh, Soldier 76, Fred Taddeus score. He does Hulk. He does a lot of other different voices. He was fucking funny. Um, him and Steve Bloom just riffing off each other. Oh, man, that's, you know. If you ever have, like, an inclination to do voice acting or have any interest Highly recommend these classes. It'll kind of refine you if you want to do it or not. Give you some insights on the industry, but also the special guests he brings. Like, I don't want to say any more to spoil it, but you should definitely check it out if you're interested. And yeah, that shit was hella funny. Just, <laughs> I, I can't even... He's like talking about how like, he does like noises for Taz. He's like... Bow, 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 like he's Taz, right? The Tasmanian <laughs> devil. He's like, he's like, yeah, do that at a grocery store. And he just like animates it again and again. And you know, it's it's just fucking funny. And That's that was, great. I was laughing hella hard. You you really do have to be a a certain kind of person to get into voice acting. Yeah, it, it's but it's, it's great. It's interesting. It's it's fun, and everyone always talks so nicely about Mark Hamill too. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, that's Luke Skywalker. Dude, dude, keep, <laughs> and they I all fanboy see, over him. I keep so seeing funny. like social media posts about people's interactions, like meeting Mark Hamill for the first time. It's like, who doesn't fucking love Mark Hamill? Right. He's like, oh, he's just a nerd. He's just a fucking nerd. <laughs> I so mean, he, he. I mean, he is a Luke Skywalker and the Joker, right, among right. among many other things. Right, a hobgoblin in there too. He was hobgoblin in the Spider-Man animated series. Yeah, he's the hobgoblin. Oh shit, I didn't know that. Right, that's cool. Speaking of goblins, we doing it? Doing this shit? <sighs> Okay, I get. Um, we can make it fast. We can just we just rip the bandaid off. We, can, we should put a timer. So, <laughs> Two minutes. <laughs> so spoilers for anyone that gives a fuck about 
Morbius? <laughs> I don't know who uh, you are. If you care, I don't know. As you, as you like could probably that. tell from the tone of my voice, uh, we went to see Morbius about two weeks ago. That feels like a week ago. It's probably two weeks ago at this point. Um, wow. What? A steaming pile of fucking dog shit in a paper <laughs> flaming bag. You know, I said the living trash fire. At least a trash fire is kind of interesting to look at. This is like, I don't even want to look at it. It was, oh, man. Yeah. So I think for anyone that's that's stuck around with us for long enough, you can you know that when it comes to like comic book movies and stuff and stuff of that nature, like we'll we'll have our criticisms about certain things about the movie, but then you know we like to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Morbius was not a good time. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, I don't, I, I don't know, Joel. Like, I, I have said this on Twitter. I think I did. But, like, it's been a long time where I felt like I was, like, physically attacked <laughs> at a movie theater by the movie. Yeah. We took some psychic damage watching that movie, dog. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, where do you, where do you want to go with this? Like, I, I personally don't want to go through <laughs> a rundown of the movie. But I guess we could just kind of talk about, like things that stood stood out to us the most as far as like <laughs> not necessarily what we thought was in like great about the movie but just like what baffled us the most here i'll, I'll give you a quick lowdown you can expand as much as you want okay um unresolved plot uh stumbled scenes unrelated scenes unresolved plot points Slow-mo that made Zack Snyder look fucking good. Sorry, Marcelo. <laughs> I know you're going to be mad about that one. Really weird. I know I said stagnant edits, but yeah, the cuts, like, oh, I fell asleep during what was supposed to be an intense scene. I was playing with my chair. That's true. Uh, and there's a post credits that's so bafflingly odd. It has no place. Um, you know, things that were in the commercials... I'm sorry, they weren't in the movie, they were in the commercials, which, you know, Marvel's done before, but it's like, oh, God, they probably should have kept that shit. Yeah, it's, um, I I think we we took some, like, mental damage from watching that movie, (laughs) you know, uh, Mm -hmm. was, it was bad, and, uh, I know you said this before, Brian, Marcelo enjoys movies, he will, like, fully focus in on a movie, he pulled out his phone during a movie, and that says a lot. He, Marcelo, like, I legit <laughs> turned to my left and Marcelo was checking his emails during the movie. And this, this is the movie guy of the because, podcast, yeah. you know? So it's like, that's like for, at least for us, that's very telling of how uninteresting this movie is. Yeah. Um, I feel sorry for um, people who had to work with Jared Leto. You know, he's, he's kind of a weird guy. Kind of, I guess it's an understatement for those who have seen stuff. But um, yeah, it this, this isn't it. If you were even thinking about it, it's just there are people on Twitter saying Morbius sweep. It's really good. Don't listen to the reviews. I don't know. Are they bots or something? Like, it's. No, I mean, like I could see what there's there's a portion of people that really enjoyed the movie, and it's fine. You know, if you like if you like the movie, that's great. You know, more power too. But I don't know if it's just because we've been spoiled for so long with actually like just decent like superhero movies but i don't know like this movie got held back twice it's like someone couldn't have looked through the script again no oversight 
you know, like not even like the like the story was just kind of like bland and you know uninteresting. It's like the editing felt very weird. Like there was so many jump cuts in the movie that just it felt like you're being whipped around the story. It was or janky. Like, or like what they're trying to make a story. It like was baffling to me. I've said this a few times to a few of our friends, but for anybody that remembers seeing the trailer where Michael Morbius is at the mouth of the cave, right? And he has that contraption, you know, he uh, cuts open his hand to kind of attract the bats and whatnot and like have them come through the thing, right? You yeah. look at that scene and you assume, oh, this is like the experiment gone wrong. You know, this is like maybe where he starts to get his, you know, vampire powers and shit. No, nope. that literally opens the movie. And then right when that happens, they cut to a 25 year flashback to where he was a kid and they never go back to that cave. Mm -mm. They never. I assume that's how he captured the bats. It was never explained very well. Um I understand that Sony is trying to make like their Sinister Six kind of like villain movies, Ugh. but it, like kind of make them still kind of like the anti-hero. The way the way that Morbius was portrayed in this movie, because Morbius is a character that does flip around a lot, depending on the comic and the story that is written. But you don't feel bad for Morbius. He he comes off as this kind of pompous asshole that when someone like the bad things happen to him you don't feel bad for him because mm -hmm. the way he treats people in this movie you know is kind of fucked up in a, like when you really think about it like the the main antagonist um what's the actor's name matt smith matt smith he so in the flashback his character as a kid uh arrives at the hospital that morbius lived at and morbius was like i'm co your name's milo now and it's like his name <laughs> was like lucian his character's name was lucian it's like you're milo now and it's like why it's like because the first kid that sit that lived in that bed his name was milo and then he went away and then so i've been calling everybody else that sat in that bed milo so i don't get attached to him I'm like wow okay it's already a psychopath <laughs> and it's like okay so and what's the most baffling thing is that even though the kid's legal name is Lucian, whatever, I don't know, I don't know if they ever gave him the last name or not. I don't remember. When they go back to the present and every, they're like all adults and shit, everybody calls him Milo. Like every single person in the movie calls him Milo, even though we all know his name is Lucian. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so wow. I don't know if that was just a weird oversight. The whole or, movie's a weird oversight. Or is everybody in this world just kind of somewhat assholes? <sighs> Because like yeah. I, I I guess it could have been a nickname, but it's just like okay, so you gave the you gave Lucian the nickname Milo, named after the first kid you met in the hospital that died, and then a whole bunch of other kids that also died. Okay, cool. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> and they try to tie it into Venom very loosely, and you know Venom is fucking garbage in a sense but at least it's entertaining at least i could you know okay i can turn my brain off it's simple fun i can't even turn my brain off for this movie it's that bad it's like this is this is painful like see oh I, I i will i will fully admit i was i was one of the people that actually liked the first venom movie uh, i didn't think it was amazing or you know nope it was great um it's fun That's for it sure. was it was fun it was stupid goofy fun um mm -hmm. i haven't seen uh let there be carnage. I I want to, 
because I know it's probably just going to be the same, you know. But we, we're action, we're plot, if you can believe it. I mean, whatever, you know. It's <laughs> anything's better than fucking Morpheus at this point. Oh, but yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where I know we're probably talking longer about this than we want to. But yeah, we could hard I, cut out of here now if you want. Like, just fucking drop but it. But I want to say there are there are some some small things that I actually thought were interesting about it. So in the movie, he has like. What he calls the echolocation, like bat sonar powers, right? Um, Those who are uninformed, oh, yeah. radar. Oh yeah. <laughs> you calling me stupid? <laughs> even even though it's technically not really even echolocation, but it's like his. It's kind of like, for lack of a better term, it's like his spidey sense, right? And that yeah. actually actually looked kind of cool because they gave like this whole kind of. It's not like a negative like screen effect but it's like he has like this pulse kind of like sensor thing where he's able to kind of like sense out like where what he wants to focus in on like whether it be like a noise or something like that and that effect like actually looks pretty cool it looks dope and you know some of the action where some of the times it didn't look great there were some times where it actually looked it did look kind of cool with all the you know vampire fart gas effects um and the action wasn't terrible. Like there were some there were some decent action sequences in the movie. They weren't motivated that much at all. But uh, being far nicer than I I am, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm, 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 I'm trying. <laughs> I'm I'm because really I because I really I really never l- like to talk about something I really don't like. And I I consider myself a very casual, just like moviegoer, where it's like I go to see a movie, I go have fun. So I I try to look for the fun in movies morbius was like a marathon in trying to accomplish that which didn't really i don't know um is there any is there anything that you want to kind of uh top off with and we can move on it's a slow-mo scene with matt smith and it's way too oh god oh god yes please explain he's chasing morbius through the train station underground or whatever and they, they, you know, they're both supposed to be super fast move vampires. And Matt Smith, in his regular outfit with vampire hands and vampire face, is slow mo chasing Morbius. And Morbius like detects wind in the tunnel, and it takes way too long. It's way too long. And uh, to kick it off after that, the post credits where they bring in the vulture, which everyone saw in the trailer. Uh, the first one is literally like ten seconds. He's like, oh. I'm in a new universe, all right. And that's literally it. I hope it's the like, food's the better fuck? here. <laughs> and then the okay, second no. one mm-hmm. is Morbius is driving through the fucking desert, okay? <laughs> He's going to meet someone in the desert. He meets the fucking vulture in all his vulture gear and stuff. And he's like, oh, Doc. We should team up and do some good. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? And, Where did this and, come from? And what's great is that that whole scene, he was wearing his helmet. So you know that um, Keaton was not there <laughs> for that scene. His yeah, His voice was there, but his body was not. Oh, um, God. oh, yeah. And the scene, the little snippet of a scene you saw in the trailer, not in the movie, not in the post credits. They just kind of ripped it out for some reason. So you only see Michael Keaton for that, those two little post-credit scenes. Yeah, what the? F- I don't know what the fuck happened. And like, the the biggest complaint most people have been saying, and I agree, is that they totally kind of ripped out his character from 
um, Homecoming because he, for some reason, now has a vendetta against Spider-Man, even though in Homecoming he protected Spider-Man's identity when he was talking Scorpion in prison. So it's like he had he had respect for Peter and Spider-Man, and it's like and I know there's some people being like, well, in uh, in um, Far From Home, you know, spoiler. Well, it's not really even a, a spoiler. It's like everybody forgets about you know who Peter no is. Oh yeah, no way home. I'm sorry, no way home. Like everybody forgets who Peter is, and it's like, well, yeah, but he still remembers who Spider Man is, and he still has that respect for Spider Man. So, and also, like, he is also a family man. He cares about his family. So, when he gets teleported to a new universe, wouldn't his first thing like, it's like, oh fuck, what was like, you know, what happened to my family? No, it's like, well, I hope, I hope the food's better here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man my god it's like no they like took one of the mcu's like actual like really good villains that is still alive and now he's stuck in the sonyverse now we have craven to look forward to who's fighting the chameleon well you know at least the bar's low i i think i might have to hard pass craven dog that i i just don't know um and it's sad because spy into the spider-verse is amazing i was talking about someone on instagram like i want spider-verse 2 to be amazing and it probably will be but i mean sony retains control it's like oh, oh sony, it's, it's sony, a double-edged sword sony is gonna is gonna retain the movie rights of spider-man for a long time uh, but i don't know <laughs> like i'm glad that we have a version of spider-man that is decent is actually very decent in um, Tom Holland. And that's mostly because Marvel is also kind of working with that and not just Sony. So I don't know. I'm done with Morbius. <laughs> I'm done. Anyway, speaking of Marvel, um, hard pivot away from that bullshit. Um, <laughs> Moon Knight is, is great. That's all I'm going to say. We'll probably review it. Oh, There's only be six episodes. It's, it's everything I wanted from the show as a fan. I'm not going to say any more. Uh, cinematically good uh, you know acting art style you know it's it's there in the it's you know epic moments morbid uh, not morbid no no not oh, morbid no. No. Moon, <laughs> moon knight um moon knight is great i haven't seen episode four yet but i intend to because i've been having a lot of fun I feel like out of all of the Disney Plus like Marvel shows, this one feels like it's close enough to being a movie. Hell yeah! As far as like how it's shot goes, like you because you, you know like for some of the other like Mar- Marvel shows, um, you can kind of there's some points where you can kind of tell. Okay, I could see like where where the budget was left, but for me, as far as I could tell, like Moon Knight has just been you know really really good as far as like cinematography wise and also the story because this is this is the first new story we've had for the disney plus shows and also just kind of like not in like a while but like when you have so many other like marvel properties that are tied into like previously introduced things like moon knight so far has zero like little to zero connection with anything else made recently and so it's very refreshing that right yeah but um so yeah we'll we'll be doing a we'll be doing a review on moon knight when it's done chef's kiss so far it's all chef's kiss speaking, speaking of, of chef's kiss, oh oh wait we no, had the oh, same oh, idea oh, oh fuck oh fuck we had the same idea right, you said it first you said it first so um joel Ryan. 
Are you ready for the love and thunder? Dude, it looks so fun. I am so hyped. I wasn't like hurting for a trailer, but I was mad curious. And um, that new trailer looks great in so many ways. Uh, I loved Ragnarok. I enjoyed the other two Thor movies, you know, but, you know, two is a little worse than one. Uh, you know, Ragnarok brought a lot to the table, and we're going to see, I think, more of that fun Thor and Thor being introspective, which is kind of the theme of, you know, Phase 4. And uh, it looks really good. And, you know, the, you know, it's starting with Sweet Child of Mine. Oh, man, that's for oh. me. That's that's a great. Nice little touch. And it's, um, going, it's going super 80s, and I love it. Mm-hmm. The Guardians are still there. They're introducing Greek gods now. That's cool. We didn't see Zeus? the villain yet. Did not see the villain. Of course, it'll be. They'll have a big uh, think... intro. I'm sure. I'm damn sure. Yeah. I think. I think they wanted to like only focus on like the introduction of um, Jane Foster Thor. Hell yeah! It looks good. Ellie Portman looking great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a uh, talk about washing away of anything bad. <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder looking great. <laughs> I love that there is a theme going on in like comment sections of like the trailer where some people are like, okay, okay, well, hold on. I see the Guardians are there, but I don't see Gamora. Oh, so it, may, it does make me wonder um, are they going to save Gamora for three? Uh, probably. That's my guess. Because I know she she went away on her own, yep. but I like she has to be like brought up at least. It would be kind of awkward. It'd be kind of sure. awkward if they didn't. Like I assume, yeah. I assume Guardians is gonna be in like the the beginning of this movie. Like maybe like the first twenty to thirty minutes of this movie is gonna have the Guardians, That's what I'm thinking too. and then they're gonna fuck off and like head towards Guardians three. Yeah, go get Gamora. Yeah. But I'm excited. Um, Ragnarok yeah. was great. Taika Waititi is yeah. a is a great director, so I'm I'm very excited. Yeah, of course. There's like some internet discourse. People are like, I didn't like Ragnarok. I like Thor one and two. No, you fucking didn't. All right, I'm gonna tell you, you're okay. a liar. Okay, hipster. <laughs> it's like stop. No one here is is proud or accepting. You're gonna gatekeep Thor one and two over Ragnarok. No. You're out of your goddamn mind. I can see. I can see how people like i think thor one's good it is it's it's fun it's, fun. it's a it's a good it's, it's a good base for for thor as far as just kind of like for how he was and it has some of the still to this day very quotable lines as well like you know another you know it has some it has some of those lines um i come from magic and science one and the same thor 2 to this day i've only seen once that's fine um but even then there's still some good parts of thor 2 a little bit and according to uh end game it's relevant so you know there you go yeah. um but yeah love and thunder is gonna be great oh, i'm yeah. looking forward to see um where they go with it um a very i know they're probably gonna like go th- through it in the movie but it was very interesting to notice that the mjolnir that uh jane summon had a bunch of cracks in it so yes, it did so it's a, at least to me it's a confirmation that it's still within this un- like the MCU universe that is, as far as we know it's not like a like alternate reality Jane Foster as far as we know like I, we could be wrong and it could it could just be cuz you know Marvel and Disney always love playing tricks on us on on trailers oh, and yeah. like tw- like subverting our expectations so for all we know 
those cracks could have just been a trailer thing and we mm. could get something totally different. I don't know, but yeah, but we're gonna we're gonna have fun. But you know, first sure. we have to go through Doctor Strange, and that's gonna be a trip. Hell yeah, that's uh, less than a month away now. Can you believe it? God. I can't wait to do a review on that. It, there's going to be, be so much to talk about. Oh, man. What if it's worse than Morbius, though? <laughs> no. It won't be. It won't come close. <laughs> I, you know, with, what is it? Are we, like, on, like, 15 years of, like, MCU? Uh, 2008. When was Endgame? Uh, Endgame was 2019. And that was, like, 10 years. Around about 10, 11 years. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, like, 15. Like fourteen, fifteen years. That that many years with Kev, I get the helm. I trust in him to like lead, <laughs> like a team to make good stories. So I, I'm not worried about Doctor Strange. <laughs> if if they were if they manage to like pull off Endgame, you know Doctor Strange is gonna be easy. Honestly, I haven't been worried since Winter Soldier for MCU. Mm -hmm. So oh, they like. There's always been like the the inklings like oh I don't know about this one but they've they've been hitting it at a park like whether mm -hmm. whether you're tired of the formula or not you know they've had lots of success it's so. definitely good good yeah. enjoyable spectacle mm -hmm. kind of veering off movie talk real quick go into some gaming stuff mm -hmm. um, in about a month or so we're gonna be getting uh, the start of the Overwatch League for this year. Um, Damn. And I believe they announced that they are gonna be using some form of Overwatch 2. We're hearing about that too. Because they, they've started showing off like new versions of the characters and like some characters are getting like a, a new rework and they're kind of putting into testing. Um, but today, the Overwatch League uh, social media has announced a, a co-streaming um, program. So it's, it's a little interesting. So I'm gonna try to like go off in bullet points but for the for the most part um they're gonna be doing this uh application system where you can apply to become co-streamer for the overwatch league and they'll have like dedicated like dates where you can be a co-streamer for like the uh the street the overwatch league streams and that's actually really interesting because i can't remember the last time there was like an actual like legit like partnership to do like co-streaming which is very interesting and i'm kind of curious how they're gonna do it just because you know you have i don't know if they're they had to copyright like their music because there has to be like overwatch music in the stream mm -hmm. so i don't know if like this application thing is so that whoever is co-stream gets protected from being like copyright strike by a bot i don't know um the first mat the first like the opening day is on may 5th so i guess we'll kind of have to see but i think this could be kind of interesting it would be kind of cool if if this works out hopefully this will kind of set a a precedent that maybe other companies might try to do the same thing that way we can have like a safer way to do co-streams instead of being promised that it's like hey you know you can co-stream this and then find out like half of the music that's in a e3 press conference or like a you know a summer games fest um stream is copywritten and it's like oh well you can co-stream it but you can't play this music that's in the co-stream you have another Metallica situation again if you're not careful. Oh, that was still so funny. <laughs> it's th that that was poetic justice, really. Like it really was. Um, but yeah, I think it would be cool. Um, 
What are your, what are your thoughts on kind of the whole co-streaming program situation? It's cool. Um, that's a good way to get the community engaged. Uh, my only thing is it's probably you only have to be a, you have to be a partner, right? With Twitch um, and you probably have to have X amount of whatever. Assuming. Uh, I don't believe so. I think um, all it says is creators and streamers that would like to participate apply. So they're not really setting cool. any press. I think the only precedent is that you have to be at least over 18 and like, and um, basically just adhere to, you know, guidelines and whatnot. I can't talk shit about Blizzard during the <laughs> fucking <laughs> Fuck. I think it'll be, I think it'll be interesting. Yep. Um, I won't deny the, the camaraderie I used to feel playing Overwatch. Even though it got soured yeah. for me. Let's see. Um... I will say unrelated, but only because it's online gaming. Why did I say it like that? Anyway, Sea of Thieves is going to have a new event where you can actually take on the Shrouded Ghost. Very oh, soon. I heard about that. Yes. So for those who don't know, the Shrouded Ghost is like essentially the Moby Dick of the game. Very rare, very low chance to interact or come close to. We've run into only one player. Like, you get the title, like, Hunter of the Shrouded Ghost, if you kill it. We've only run into, in all our time playing, we've only run into one player with that title. Like, oh, fuck, I guess it's real. Um, but they're going to unveil a quest that will have a people a chance for a week or two to actually take on the Shrouded Ghost. People can finally do it. Have you know how many times have we played with Fernando or Jameson or Justice? And it's like, oh, what is it? Nope, not the one we need. You know, the shark pops mm-hmm. up, usually harasses us or not. And, you know, we're like, all right, it's not it. But soon so, we'll have the chance to just straight up summon it, kick its ass. And I'm sure that's going to be not an easy summon either. So I'm curious to see what we need to do. Hopefully it's convoluted, takes a long time, and is very much worth it. I kind of hope it becomes like a um, hungering deep situation where it actually encourages people to team up again. Because that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was, I remember that. Um, that's that pretty cool. I'm excited to finally actually see the Shrouded Ghost, and I think it'll be cool. <laughs> know what's gonna happen? As soon as we see it, we're gonna always fucking see it now too. It's gonna be not know. rare anymore. I don't know. <laughs> it will be interesting. However, um, uh, I don't know how factual this is, but I was told that because of this new adventure, they are changing the requirements to get the the title and instead of instead of you know defeating the shrouded ghost is that you have to beat the shrouded ghost that appears by chance so not in the adventure it's it's worded so that it has to be just out in the wild fuckers (laughs) fucking assholes (laughs) so i get it though i get it it's it's a 50 50 because like yeah, we'll we'll finally get to like see it and fight it, and it'll be fun. And it'll be great, yeah. and I'm sure like the the ambiance will be fantastic. Yeah, but we still don't get the title. <laughs> yeah, all right, fuckers, get it, <laughs> damn pirates. Oh. Uh, damn. Also, I, I I do believe that we're finally getting ship names too. Yes, there's been a lot of hints for that. Uh, there's no way they're going to let us <laughs> name our ship. That that's no. opening up a can of worms. That's not gonna. I happen. think it's preset. Me and Fernando have been talking about it. It's gonna be like you choose like the dark adventurer or you know the shrouded booty or something. If we you know there's a lot of unsavory people on the internet. They'll put some unsavory things, and I'm sure there'll be hilarious things too. But I think they're gonna stop that before it happens. I would hope. I, I told Fernando. I, hope. I told Fernando this last night, but <laughs> it's like imagine if they were like. If they gave us the ability just to name our own ship, and it's like you you're sailing, and then all of a sudden you see a ship coming at you that's just called the USS Monkey Nuts. 
Yeah, it's not going to happen. USS Morbius sweep. <laughs> uh, but that's going to be fun. I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, speaking of um, announcements, uh, I want to say like last week or so, uh, Square Enix had a, a special event for Kingdom Hearts. And they announced two mobile games that I did not care about. Hell but yeah. They announced uh, Kingdom Hearts 4. It was sure did. Just and watched the trailer today, too. Boy, are they taking advantage of Unreal Engine 5. Because <laughs> it looks... Sora looks like a fucking Final Fantasy character. <laughs> They're really going to lean into it, I think, with this. And even with like the dialogue and stuff, it's like, oh, this is going to be straight up a new direction. Sure. Oh, yeah. Like, the, the setting looks more like... I don't remember the name they they gave it, but it's basically kind of like a fictional, like Japan, like looks like modern Japan. Um, Quantum world or some shit. I think it's not confirmed, but the speculation is that the reason why that they're giving Sora this kind of like Final Fantasy VII remake look is because they're going to be implementing a lot more of the live action Disney properties like Star Wars and Marvel into, into four. So um, that'll be interesting just to kind of see where they plop it. I'm sure <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see which ones they choose just because it's, it's still Kingdom Hearts. So it has to be kind of like that. It's towing the line of like, you know, rated E for everyone and like T for teen kind of thing. Mm. Um, so uh, it'll be very interesting. Um, it'll also be very interesting to see which side of the Star Wars fan base gets mad. <laughs> Based on <laughs> which location they choose for Star Wars, or they can make mm -hmm. everybody happy and just choose Mandalorian. They probably should do that. Um, but I think it'll be cool. Um, I I'm not like by any stretch of the imagination like a, a Kingdom Hearts fan. I played portion of one, and that was it. Now back when I was like a wee babe. Um, wee but, babe. But seeing the new look of four i don't know like whenever this comes out maybe i'll give it a shot you know if it, if they're trying to make it look more like final fantasy 7 remake maybe it'll have some kind of aspects of it mixed in with like kingdom hearts gameplay so it'll be kind of neat i don't know yep. um yeah uh let's see oh kill chaos. oh i also announced today um sonic origins is coming out this june mm -hmm. i got very excited about this um so basically for this year's anniversary of sonic they are releasing remastered versions like quote unquote remastered versions of the original sonic games nice. so you're gonna you're gonna get one two and three and then sonic cd um all remastered and they they added some little extra things in it um the coolest feature that they made was that no matter which game you choose you can choose to either play as sonic tails or knuckles nice so it, it's gonna be really cool because like i unless if someone like rom hacked it like on their pc um this will be kind of like the first time ever officially that you could play as like sonic or you could play as tails and knuckles in sonic one so it'll be very interesting to like go through that experience with those characters i don't know if this is gonna be kind of like sonic mania where they tend to kind of tie it in with something else i kind of hope not because i'd rather just um do whatever sonic frontier is gonna do and just kind of like you know do like a quick like refresh of sonic 
and just have like this as like a special anniversary thing. Of Shadow with a gun. Well, we already had that, and we know how well that went. Good. Oh fuck! I didn't talk about this in my in my week. We saw one bad movie, uh, which was Morbius. But it's the night, nice. But the night before, I got to see one really good movie, and that was Sonic the Hedgehog two. Um, so I know that. Uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be showing you the first Sonic movie on uh, this week. Hell yeah! Still so, haven't seen it till so this week. I don't want to go. I don't want to like do a spoiler talk because if, if you like the first one and you want to see the second one, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. Right. But if you really like the first movie, you'll really like this movie. And Pretty if sure you, I'm gonna like the first movie. And if you really love the classic Sonic games. You will fucking love this movie. There is pumped in so many references to the classic Sonic games, but at the same time, not making it too forceful. There's literally, it's literally just kind of mixed into the scene. And it's literally like, if you're not paying attention, you might not see it. So you best have way to like, do it. The best way to do it. And it was fantastic. And, you know, the, like, it's, it's still a kid's movie. So you kind of have to go in there just kind of, you know suspension of disbelief and just kind of just have fun with it still really fun uh it's really great to see colleen o'shaughnessy uh reprise her role as tails in on the big screen which is fantastic uh she did a very great job uh idris elba is fucking fantastic as knuckles holy shit like well, i've heard he almost steals the movie in his scenes and it's it's oh it, ma- it makes me look for like at first i was kind of apprehensive apprehensive on the um the paramount plus uh knuckles show they announced but after watching the movie i'm like yeah i want to watch it it's it's probably going to be a lot of fun and and jim carrey is jim carrey you know you you love you love them the first time you love them the, the second time he was fantastic so yeah go see sonic 2 it deserves your money way more than morbius <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah is there any uh, news things that you uh, you wanted to talk about? Anything that uh, jumped out at you this week that we haven't discussed um, Unfortunately, yet? it's been spoiled for me that the Guardian Games stuff for Destiny 2 has been leaked. So a lot of the outfits and uh, the weapon that's going to be part of Guardian Games is out. Uh-oh. Looks clean, though. So that's coming soon for those who like Destiny 2. I know we got some Destiny 2 listeners up in here. There's always... Oh, um, who stills from... Uh... Uh, Kukuru's Stones Island for the new Gundam uh, project is out. Oh, um, wait, is it new stills for that? Is there a release date for that? I don't remember. I have oh. to look it up. Uh, but yeah, and then I know that I still need to watch it. The I saw the, the very small teaser, but the the witch from Jupiter or Saturn mm-hmm. that movie they teased that this year. Is that a movie month. or a series? I think that's a movie, but if it's a series, dope. Usually, their series are usually stronger than their movies, so. I... I yeah. wanna, I wanna Gundam say news. this just might be my bad memory, but I believe it's a, it's a new series. Nope. Hell yeah, I'm excited. Um, yeah. I did see some of the uh, the Gun Evolution game. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember that? Yeah, I know. I just wanted you to talk more about it. <laughs> okay. For the most part, just like it's like it's a Gundam Overwatch game. It's a six v six hero shooter kind of game. I watched some streamers uh, play the beta test the other week, and literally, I shit you not, Joel, the UI is almost exactly the same as Overwatch. Like if I you remember can just seeing pic- that in a trailer in Japan, I was like, "This is literally Overwatch." Like if you can just picture in your mind, in the bottom right corner, you have your your ability buttons, 
like in its squares in the corner. You have your health bar to the left. And in the middle, you have your circle. That's your super. Or your special. Yeah. It's literally the same kind of deal. Like you have like capture points. And um, I think there's like not like a deathmatch game, but there's like um, it's a lot of like team based uh, gameplay. But so far, the selection of mobile suits is really interesting. They did a good job of kind of like spreading out the variety. That's what I've heard. I'm just gonna like rattle off um, some. Like, of course, they have Gundam. Hell yeah, Original Grandpa. Gundam. Uh, they have Gun Tank. They have yep. uh, a GM, which is interesting they have sazabi they have yeah. they have a Zak, a zaku 2 yeah. um they have exia they have barbados what well, um one i wasn't expecting they uh they added a, a pale rider into into the game which was cool um, hell yeah and it's interesting because when you think of like overwatch it's like okay you have like very strict character types and it's like and depending on like your your setup, like, you know, it's going to, like, really be effective. Like, you always want to have, like, two healers, you know, three D- DPS in the tank or something like that. There are, the character selections do have their archetypes, but it doesn't seem like it's really, like, so strict on, like, you have to have a certain set of a certain t- archetype, which is nice. It kind of it kind of sets you up to be more experimental and more free with how you select your team. During the beta, it was very obvious that uh, Exia, Barbados, and Sazabi were very overpowered. <laughs> As they should be. Yeah, just because, like, Exia and Barbados' is, is melee attacks were, like, very strong. I was, like, reading up the move lists, and so everybody has, like, their wep- their main weapon, and apparently they have, like, an alternate fire, which is usually either, like, an aim down sights or something like that. For yeah. for Sabi, um, it literally puts up its shield and kind of shoots from over its shield, so it's kind of giving itself some extra defense while still able to fire. Nice. And I saw people like abusing that a lot, <laughs> like a lot. A oh lot. man! But as they should, true to Shar, uh, true to Shar. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. They haven't announced an actual release date, um, but when it does, it is going to be free to play which is nice and what's what was unexpected to me is that it's going to be multi-platform it's not going to be cross-play though which is kind of sad but this is the first time that a gundam game has released not only just on a playstation because like playstation is that corner of the market on like most anime games which is obvious because mm-hmm. you know it's playstation but this is like the first time since like dynasty warrior gundam that we that like xbox players and like have gotten a gundam game yeah which is gonna be really cool because i know you, yeah. and, you and me are gonna fucking dive deep into that game like yes like yes, if, if if you ever had that overwatch itch you could like slap gundam on the way and like we're gonna have a fucking ball Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's free to play is gonna make it so much easier to get other people into it. It's like, hey, you might not like Gundam, but it's like an Overwatch game. They're gonna like take Overwatch. my money for sure. Yeah, I don't know like what kind. Of, I don't think they showed off like what kind of like cosmetic stuff they're gonna do. If like you're gonna be able to customize 
things or whatnot, but like I'm sure they're gonna or like maybe like loot boxes or something like that. I don't know. They didn't. They didn't oh, say definitely. That. But sure, it's gonna be like Battle Operation Two, where there's a loot box system and rarities oh, and stuff. Battle Operation Two is a Gundam game where I, I love hate it because <laughs> it's so nice, and I feel like it's it's like Battle Operation Two feels the most like Journey to Jaburo and. Anybody that's like familiar, like when it comes to Gundam games, like my benchmark is Journey to Jaro. Like even though it's so old at this point, I still feel like there hasn't been a Gundam game that has been as good as that in a long time. And they've tried and they failed. Um, but like I'm partial to Federation versus Zeon, but that's just me. I mean, that one was also nice, but you know, I, I really enjoy just kind of like the story based like feel of Journey to Jaburo. and yeah. Battle Operations is somewhat similar to that. Mm-hmm. like bare bones but then like the loot box system is just kind of like insane yeah but yeah i'm looking forward to that game and just all the gundam stuff in general um, hell yeah i i can't think of any other news topics on that topic and <laughs> or that being done you kickstarted some questions off shall we begin our questions we've been oh. given you know what, Joel? Speaking of questions, if if people if people wanted to, you know, send us questions or you know, give us comments on the podcast that we could read, where where could people do that? Questions, comments, suggestions, feedback, reasons why you should join us in playing Gundam or Destiny or any other game, maybe, or play pretend with some dice and miniatures. You can reach us at unitedweednerdcasts at gmail.com or you don't want to do it by email put on twitter united underscore we nerd we have a presence there yes it could be sounding something like this we have a we have a question uh from twitter by uh at uh shikui bun we actually have two questions uh first one is uh, who who is the nerdy nerd out of you guys (laughs) the nerdiest out of us like I, I feel kind of bad that Marcel's not here. He can't defend himself. Um, and he loses. You know. But I mean, we're all, I mean, kind of like, I mean, we're all nerdy in different ways. Like we have, we have our, our things we lead into. Really, like definitely, Marcel's more into like DC, yeah, movies, and we all yeah. like Star Wars across the board. Mm-hmm. And I know you and me are like the Gundam guy. Like I know Marcella also likes Gundam, but like I feel like like we are like the Gundam guys. Hell for, like, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I I feel like we kind of have a good spread on a lot of things. Like some of us might be bigger than others. Like I know I'm probably like the biggest Sonic fan here. You know, you like not wrestling hard. more. That's not quote unquote nerdy, but you know that's that's I your mean, fandom or nerdum. You know, I mean, I'd hazard to you know say that wrestling is also nerdy just because of. The influences that other, especially nowadays, a lot of other nerd cultures uh, inspire or influence into wrestling now. So it's 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 in the same category, I think. But as as far as like who's the nerdiest, I think a cop out answer is like we all we all have our own special uh, corners. I'll take Mass Effect. I'll, take, right, I'll can, run with that. That, that that's can, my domain. And Destiny, I'll take that too. Can ride or die with that. Yeah, I'll. I'll still beats out Destiny. Not by much anymore, but they gotta do something soon or Destiny's gonna edge them out. <laughs> and the second question from Chikubun um, is uh, 
what's one game that you feel that's perfect uh, what's perfect all around i think it's like what's what what do you feel like is the one game that's like all around perfect that's tough man i i did see this question earlier i was thinking about it i don't know like nostalgia plays a part having fun plays a part like teamwork and stuff uh i'll i'll defer to you for now but i'm gonna think of three one for oh, sure okay. stands out above the three but i'll let you go first okay well i i have an easy answer already and i i feel like i've i've talked about a lot on this podcast but i feel like devil may cry 5 is pretty much close to a perfect game for a devil may cry fan it's a really good character action game. I, I have a personal bias just because I love the series. Um, but I feel like just like the overall attention to detail for that game, like lore wise and just kind of like game mechanics wise, I feel like is the best it's ever been. And if that franchise and that series were to just die out now, I feel like it died out at the top of its potential. You know, of course I could, I could totally be eating shit in like a few years when like six comes out and then it's, even better than that, hopefully. But when I think of like perfect all around, I that's one of the first ones that pops in my mind. Nice. What about you? Did you did you think of the, uh, all around like I all think, around uh, I think it's nostalgia though, but I think Mass Effect Two I think is it's perfect all around. The sequence, game style, how it's more fluid than one, a little more put together than three. You know, lots of good moments, good DLC. Long, but not too long, not too, not grindy at, at all, in a sense, you know? It's, you go through the story, it's action-packed, there's good choices, you know? As far as, like, deep nostalgia, I think Pokemon Silver is, like, chef's kiss forever. That'll always be, my one of my favorites. You know, I was young, loved Pokemon at the time. I'm always gonna give it up to that. It's a big influence. What was the other one I had? Oh, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, you know, Breath of the Wild... Spider-Man for PS4. I, I can't, like, ignore those either. Damn, yeah. I'm just going to stick with those four for now. If I can think of a fifth one, I will. But, uh... I guess, yeah, okay. Honorary shout-out to Federation vs. Zion, because I spent hours upon hours playing the shit out of that game. I even made it... I challenged myself so much that I had, like, 3v1. I made the computer hard, and I would take them on. So, I'm going to say those games. Yeah, Mass Effect 2 up there, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I could, I could, I could see that. Mass Effect Two was really, it was a really fun game. Yep. Fun okay. also in the Dungeon and Dragon sphere with you guys, <laughs> taking it <laughs> further than making it more interesting than oh, ever could have. Sometimes I feel bad because we're just like <laughs> going in every other direction that <laughs> that you, you probably weren't expecting. But I guess that's the the life of a DM. I mean, that's the nature of the game too. That that's totally fine. Thank you, Cheeky Bun. All right, we got three more questions from Twitter. Thank you to Seren NT. Um, what does being a nerd slash liking nerdy things mean to you guys? Oh, okay. Getting some like getting into, like some like philosophical shit right here. Okay, why don't you why don't you go first? I went first last time. Um, I didn't even think about answering this until now. Um, off the cuff. I guess, what does it mean? What does being a nerd mean? Uh, what does being a nerd slash liking nerdy things mean to me? Just liking the things I currently like and putting my passion into them. You know, I've I've made songs about Destiny characters and Spider-Man and shit and just taking those things I love, expanding upon it, you know, getting comics, art, watching shows, you know, having 
discourse or conversations about it with friends, even family. I showed my parents No Way Home the other day, and we just, you know, talking about it, having fun. I, I think it's just having a good time and spreading those good feelings about what you like. That, that's, I mean, that's that's the end game as far as I'm concerned, right? What about you? I had to think about this. Nerdies are liking nerdy things. Like, when I, when I really think about it, like, being a nerd or, like, liking very nerdy things, like nowadays, I think it's it's changed over the years. But like compared to like back then, how it was like kind of like more bad, like overall like kind of like a bad like thing to be considered a nerd, yep. like being really like harshly made fun of and bullied for that kind of shit. Like like some of that probably some of that definitely still goes on today, but it's more ironically like become like a within the community kind of thing, which is this sad. But for like the overall like culture of like whatever you're into is being so passionate about x y and z like knowing that you always have like a thing that you can like go to to kind of like unwind and relax and then also from that especially like nowadays you have a community with that thing you know and when people like think like nerdy things, they usually think like oh, like video games or you know comic books or stuff like that. But I feel like as far as like us is concerned, like I know we like focus in on on certain aspects just because that's what we like. But being a nerd about anything is valid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to be necessarily considered stereotypical nerdy to be like a nerd thing, and you could. I feel like like if you have the passion, if you have the passion for something, I feel like that's what like you would be considered a nerd for. Like if you, you know, you really liked like cinema, like the the in, the ins and outs of like, you know, filmmaking, you know, you're a film nerd. Or if you are a musician, you really love uh, music, you would be like a music nerd. You know, just kind of kind of like that thing. It's like you have a very like deep like respect and like passion for a certain thing you know i'm sorry if that was <laughs> that went on, like a tangent or just kind of like got like muddled but you know makes sense to me okay yeah just just like what you like you know don't Simple. be a dick about it don't gatekeep yeah except maybe morbius i'm sorry <laughs> except morbius. morbius um, um I think another we, uh, question oh, oh wait wait sorry sorry go ahead go ahead go ahead oh yeah you had one I don't know, just I was gonna go to the next question. What were you gonna say? I was gonna go to an email. Oh, so, but, but how about but how about we you go with the one more uh, Twitter question and we'll go and we'll switch over to email. All right, let's do uh of the two that Sarah posts, let's do one more. If you could have one dream guest on the podcast, who would it be? Oh god. <laughs> god, talk about fucking um <laughs> dream charts god damn it's so weird because like we we've only been around for like a year right and who and who knows what the future is going to look like like i i don't know what the future is going to look like but like to get to a point where we could have a dream guest if i had to have dream guest on the podcast it would literally if i wanted to shoot for the moon i would say miller one because i feel like as far as like my what kind of got me into interested in trying to like pursue podcasting and just kind of pursue just talking about like the stuff we talk about 
every podcast comes from kind of funny and uh also because they kind of funny is also a bay area crew so i feel like it'd be kind of cool to like to talk with like talk to anybody from there but if, like if we could talk like if we could have greg miller on the podcast one day god that'd be i wouldn't know what to do like thinking about it right now i don't i wouldn't know what to do <laughs> you know but like it would just be it would just be very interesting to have a conversation i did briefly meet him it was that uh fuck what that indie the indie con we went to game developers one yeah i feel so bad i i forgot it's a really fun too <laughs> But I, I like I met him once for a second. He was like he was a really cool dude. Like he's a, he's a legitimate cool dude. But I would really love to like be able to have a conversation with him just because of like he's he's been in it for so long and like he has so much he's so many like years experience of just kind of like being in like this kind of sphere that we we are just like dipping our toes into like being like a one year podcast. So I I personally would find great enjoyment to just be able to have a conversation with him. What about you? Um. I just really like video games, and that's kind of like my thing. I, I think the whoever's the narrative lead for Mass Effect, Destiny, or even Sea of Thieves would be really cool to bring them in and just oh, chat yeah. nerdy shit with them about stories, what inspired them, what they want to see next. You know what you know what makes them tick. What do they like? What do they fall back on? You know uh, what inspires them. I think it'd be really cool to hear inside the the mind of someone. Running with the story of these things I really love and these things that Pip would really love as well. Really cool. I think that'd be really interesting. I mean, I thought about saying a celebrity, but the, as time goes by, uh, as I get older, I think celebrities are just kind of weird too. <laughs> they don't seem weird, of course. I don't know. This is me being me, but it's just like, uh, I don't I know mean, if I want to talk to this person sometimes. I mean, to be, to be like a, a big name celebrity, you kind of have to be a little weird just because it's a weird lifestyle. You know, that's how I see it. But I had great guests, though. I just want to say, if you're listening in on the first time, go to our roundtable discussions. But that's where our, I think we have some really great meaty discussions. And if you haven't listened to them, please do. I think we have some great discussions. Oh, yeah. Let's do one more question. We got an email from Lily Rose. And it says... Thank you, LR. So this is this is another kind of podcast question. It's like, what what is the easiest part of making this podcast, and what is the hardest part? Uh, I think we probably we probably like talked about a little bit of this anniversary podcast, but I feel like we can kind of go into more depth with this. I guess we we'll start off with the easiest part. I think the easiest part is just talking. This part, yeah, this as, is the as, easiest part. As weird as it sounds, because when it when it come when it like when it comes to recording a podcast like one of the biggest things that i feel like most people have in mind like starting out is just kind of like oh you know i don't know how you know you know how easy it will be just to try to talk into a mic whether you're talking to other people or or if it's like a a solo one-person podcast i mean yeah it's gonna be kind of weird especially if you're not used to it like i know you and me we've we've streamed on twitch for a few years before this so I feel like that's kind of gotten us used to this kind of style of, you know, communicating. But And being in the realm of theater, too. Oh, definitely, yeah. But I feel like like when you're starting out, like the one piece of advice would just be not to worry about how you sound like, just because this is going to be your first time doing it. Don't 
try to worry too much about how professional it sounds just because over time you're going to get better and your style is going to change and develop like the more you do it it's just it's basically just working a muscle it's your podcasting muscle so it's just it's it's going to get easier over time like anything practice yeah gaming podcasting music voice acting you just put in the time lessons and then you you know you upgrade with your gear you know, thank you to Brian and Marcel giving me a new mic. My old mic, yeah. I think, was pretty good, but this one's even better. So you just, you pick up new ways to do things and work, and you just you just get better over time. Just yeah. practice, you know? Yeah. And as far as, like, the hardest thing, I, I, for, personally for me, I didn't realize how much it went into to publish a podcast, because, like, for so long, you just, like, being a listener of podcasts, it's like, oh, you know, you just make your podcast, and you you just upload it and then boom it's out there it's like well technically yes but you know depending on the style of your podcast you need to make sure that you're you edit it down to how you want it to be or like to make sure that the the sound quality is good and then from there you need to get a way to publish it i know we we use captivate to publish our, our podcasts you know there's obviously very like other places that you could do that to publish out your podcast and then you have to make sure that you sign up with all of the different providers to make sure that your podcast gets its rss feed out into like those systems to make sure it goes out to the public so that you guys can listen to it that was a definite eye-opener just the process of getting a podcast live is very uh (laughs) uh surprising and it was kind of it was a learning process for sure it's not free. You gotta fork over some coin. Oh yeah, it ain't free to put on podcasts. That costs money. Oh no, yeah, the podcasting ain't free. <laughs> like, like I thought is... it was free. No lie. Like I thought you you literally do it, upload, edit, it's out. Like I thought it was that. Nope, not even podcast. <laughs> I mean, I mean, get. I guess if you technically just have a podcast like on YouTube, then. I guess That's maybe thing, yeah. we didn't do that though. We didn't think about that at first, but um, here. yeah, it's here now, <laughs> but, um, Hell yeah. but yeah, it was just a very eye opening experience and it is definitely just one of those things where it's like, it's a learning process and everybody's, everybody's going to have a different like take to the process. I don't know. What about, what about you? What, what do you think was like the hardest part about doing a podcast? Um, it's, uh, you know, our, our aluminum tin cans we talk into, making sure the string is like not cut. There's not a bird on it. We're chatting <laughs> together. And, uh, you know, someone, kid doesn't, you know, throw shoes on the wire. Um, honestly, scheduling. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I get a little anxious sometimes about like scheduling and shit. And, you know, I'm trying not to step on your toes and whatever you meaning Marcelo and you and whoever, you know, we have, I just, I don't want to be, you know, too rude. Cause we're doing this for fun, you know, but it's like. Yeah, we still need to keep it going and stuff. Oh, no, so yeah. I'm like, you, you, you uh, have definitely adopted the like the managing role as far as like yeah. scaling goes for sure. Yeah. Which and Marcelo recently had surgery, so of course he's excused. You know, I can't be like, hey, motherfucker, I don't give a shit. <laughs> get on the get online right now. You know, you, you got to be. I, I know I mentioned it in the anniversary episode, but you know, you you got to be thoughtful, and you know, we're still people at the end of the day. You got to be respectful, but. Yeah. I think for me also just editing um, is tough because I mean oh, I've yeah. edited music before but you know I do that for I, not that this isn't for fun right but it's different like I'm sitting there dedicating time 
listening to us have fun, you know, and chopping it up, putting it together, making it sound clean, putting in music, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know? Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's a, like you said, it's like a learning curve, you know? It's like, oh, shit, you know? My respect for editing has gone up a thousandfold for anyone who edits. And now I kind of get an idea of it, too. Like, oh, like, that's how... You know, like a lot of work goes into making things clean, you know, for a show, podcast, you know, audiobook, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, for sure. And especially just kind of like the like the idea, like, I don't know about you, because I'm sure you're, you're probably used to it. But I know for me, like I was the, was the type of person that I never really liked listening to like a recording of myself. I always felt it was weird. I have like a weird oh, yeah. like feeling about it, but like now after like doing this for a while, I'm like not phased when I have to edit an episode. When I like hear myself talk, I'm just kind of like I, I'm more focused on like listening for like any background noise that I kind of have to you know you know take out and like make sure like the the sound is clean and like I don't even like it doesn't even phase me anymore that I'm listening to myself. I I definitely had to work at that. Even when I make music, there's a couple of songs I have where I'm featuring my voice. And it, you know, that kind of helped with, with <laughs> dealing with my voice writing. But yeah, anyone who's published anything with their voice, they know the first mm-hmm. few times hearing your own voice is like, you know, fingernails on the chalkboard. It's, ugh. but you, you just get used to it and you do it with practice and just get over it, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a cringe you learn to live with. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, thanks for the questions. We really appreciate it. Of course, uh, if, like we said before, if you wanna if you wanna send us in a question or comment, please do. We love we would love to hear from you guys. Um, and also for the people listening on YouTube, by the way, we Hell do have yeah. a, a YouTube channel, uh, United Weird on YouTube. Uh, leave a comment in the the, the, the comment section below, and we, we can also uh, answer any questions from there as well if you would Hell like. Yeah, but yeah uh, we we're really excited about having a YouTube channel now, so. Uh, please go check it out, uh, subscribe, and uh, like and do all that stuff that I guess YouTube tells us we have to do now. So please do that, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, um, this was fun. Hell yeah. I guess uh, hopefully next time Marcelo will be here with us. We'll have yeah. a... Recovering from his surgery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, hopefully uh, he's he's doing he's doing good. I know we we talked to him a while ago, but you know, always always want to make sure that uh, our fellow nerd is doing good. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hope all you guys are are good. And we thank you again for uh, coming into this podcast with us. And uh, until next time, hell uh, yeah, keep on nerding. Wait, Brian, where can we find you? Oh, God wanna- damn it. Contact you specifically. God Actually, before that, it. where could people find us? Us, 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 us. You know, it's 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 been you a little bit that I I jumped the gun and I apologize. Um, Sorry, I'll just say it again. Questions, comments, suggestions, feedback, reasons why you disagree and think Morbius is the greatest cinematic machine since whatever. Um, United We Nerdcast at gmail dot com or on Twitter United underscore We Nerd. Or just comment below on the YouTube video. Hey, Mom, I'm on YouTube. But now, where can we find you, Brian? Oh, 
You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brian Saber, and that's uh, Saber with an R-E, as well as uh, Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Brian Saber. If you want to come uh, participate in some Russell bets, uh, usually yeah, usually trying to keep a schedule of at least once a week. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on that. Joel, where could they find you? Could find me on SoundCloud under Mad Mech Monster Mind or Acoustic Avenger on Twitter. The one, instead of an I, it's a one. Or you can also find me on Twitch, Acoustic Avenger, and Mad Mech Monster Mind on Spotify. Also, if you go to the United United Twitter, I'm always retweeting it. You can find me there too. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! All right. With that being said, I think we're all, we're all squared away. And so, yeah. Don't watch it. Don't don't watch it. Don't. Please. Just watch watch Moon Knight. I'll even say watch Man of Steel. I'll even say watch BBS instead of Morbius. And I have, like, shit on that movie for Both those movies forever. Even watch Aquaman instead of fucking. I don't know know about that. Oh, man. Fantastic Four. The remake was bad. Dark Phoenix has one saving grace Mm. that puts it above Morbius. I, I oh god, it's it's like oh, all right. But, get the fuck bye, out. Of here. Bye. bye, everybody. Bye, fucking bye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like that, we we almost went on to another fucking Morbius rant. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, did. Oh, did that save?